Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Shall we worship? Would you stand and sing with us, please? Two, three, four, and... sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debt to pay from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I your name on It's so good to see you as we gather to worship on this All Saints Sunday. I've got a few announcements, so bear with me, okay? And you might want to take notes. There's a second usher needed for the 11 o'clock services. Please see Judy Lynn or Eric Birdsell if you're willing to help out occasionally. It's not an every Sunday thing, but, you know, just pitch in when you can. Now, for those of you that like to plan ahead, guess what? You can order your poinsettias now. There's an envelope on the table outside in the lobby, but just know that the last day to order is the 21st. So that's the cutoff day. Our community Thanksgiving service will be held on November 18th at 7 p.m. next door at Forest Hills Presbyterian. The First Baptist Church will also be participating. Looking way ahead, greening of the sanctuary for the beginning of Advent will be on November 21st after the second service. Pizza lunch will be provided. Won't you consider staying to help decorate the tree or hang the garland or hang the wreaths or, you know, you get the picture. The community nativity, the journey to Bethlehem, will be held once again in Old Town Holotus on Saturday, December the 18th at 6 and 7 p.m. We have a need for main cast people, the shepherd, Joseph, Gabriel, the innkeeper, 
and backups if we can get them. Not to mention tons of angels and shepherds and townspeople. Oh, my. Please see me or Amy Nunley if you have questions. There will be a sign-up sheet in the lobby after this service. The scripture reading comes from Hebrews 9, verses 24 through 28. And I'm reading from the message today. And it's talking about Christ's sacrifice that takes away sin. For Christ didn't enter the earthly version of the holy place. He entered the place itself and offered himself to God as the sacrifice for our sins. He doesn't do this every year as the high priest did under the old plan with blood that was not their own. If that had been the case, he would have to sacrifice himself repeatedly throughout the course of history. But instead, he sacrificed himself once and for all, summing up all the other sacrifices in this sacrifice of himself, the final solution of sin. Everyone has to die once and face the consequences. Christ's death was also a one-time event, but it was a sacrifice that took care of sins forever. And so, when he next appears, the outcome for those eager to greet him is precisely salvation. The word of God for the people of God. Let's join together in an attitude of prayer. Loving Father God, we've gathered today to praise you, to tell of your love, and to give you thanks. This morning, we thank you especially for the blessings passed on to us by those who have left our sight. Father, we ask that you open our hearts and our understanding as we listen to and meditate upon your scripture. Teach us to walk in faith so your kingdom might be made known to all. Fill us with your love and grace as we celebrate communion today. May we leave here reflecting your light and your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. than the ages there is a promise of things yet to come there is one born for our salvation
see all of y'all here on this All Saints Sunday. You know, as, as is our habit, we remember those who have gone on before us because for one thing, they're still part of us, right? And us, them. So it's an appropriate thing we do. And this year, we've had three, uh, or, or I should say not this year, but since our last All Saints Sunday, We've had three members of our congregation go on, and we want to recognize them. But we also want to remember all of those. We all have folks in our lives, and I'll talk about them a little bit more in a few minutes, that have been extremely important to us in many, many ways. So let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that those that have gone before us have shown us your love and goodness. We remember them today 
and the blessings that they were and continue to be for all of us. Let us all remember that we are examples for each other and we are to hold each other up and we are to raise our children up remembering their heritage, their heritage of your love and mercy. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This may be dangerous, me playing with fire up here, but anyway, we'll take the risk. This year, we want to remember, and I didn't do this in alphabetical order, I did it in the order that they passed. So, the first one we want to remember today is Ken Lynn, the goodness of Ken, and all he did for this congregation. We want to remember Happy Long, Val's husband, and of course, uh, most of you realize uh, Happy also was an elder in the United Methodist Church, influenced many, many, many lives. And we want to remember Steve Capsar. Something many of you may not have known about Steve was Steve Capsar was a Stevens minister. He ministered to many, many people also other than those of his direct family. So uh, it's with gratitude we remember these lives and all those others that have gone on before us. Amen. Good morning. All right, I'd like to invite the children forward. I figured we could do our announcements sitting down. I'm kidding. There's no announcements today. We're done with announcements, right? Trunk or treat was enough. <laughs> All right. So Pastor Jim was just telling us what this Sunday is. What is it? All Saints Day and Communion Sunday. You both get an A. Good job. Yes, today is All Saints Day. It's a day where we remember the people who have gone before us. And that's kind of like a weird thing to say, right? But I was thinking about this movie I, I love. And we recently got to see it come through the Majestic Theater. Do you guys remember The Lion King? Yeah. yeah? Did anybody else remember The Lion King? Yeah. yeah. So there's this scene in The Lion King where Simone, to, uh, oh my gosh, Timon, Simba, and Pumbaa are all looking up at the stars, right? And they talk about what the stars are. And grown-ups, you have to go back and watch it. It's been out since like 96. It's not a new movie. But they're looking up at the stars, and they're talking about what they think the stars are. And Timon says that he thinks that they're fireflies that got stuck in that blue-black stuff up there. And we know that's not true, right? Yeah. No. Pumbaa says he thinks that they're balls of fiery gas millions of miles away from the earth. And they all laugh at him, right? They're like, that's crazy. That's not what they are. What are stars? They're balls of gas that are millions of miles away from Earth, right? He was the only one that was correct, actually. And then Simba says something that's really sweet, right? Something that his dad had taught him. That they were all of the kings of the past looking down on him. And whenever he felt alone or he needed help, he could look up at the stars and remember that all of those kings are there watching him. And are there to give him an example and to look after him. And they laughed at him for that, right? But that was really important to Simba. And I think that's the way that we could look at our cloud of witnesses around us. 
They are all of those Christians who have gone before us that have given us an example of what it means to live by faith. And in fact, in Hebrews chapter 11 and 12, the author of Hebrews lists off this like hall of fame of Christians. And they talk about all of these people that we can look to when we're having a hard time following Jesus. Guys like Moses and Noah, like David. And he's, they say, you know, you can look at them. They showed us the race that we need to run. They showed us the things that we need to do. And when you're struggling following Jesus, because sometimes it is a hard thing to do, your friends might not always agree with you. You can look to those guys, right? And you can see what they went through, and you can follow their example. And it doesn't mean that they were perfect Christians, right? That they were perfect people. We know the only perfect person who's ever followed God completely and totally the right way was Jesus, Right? And he's like at the top of the Hall of Fame. I think he's got this like, oh, moment happening there with lights coming down and there's a trophy that says Jesus. Maybe. I don't know. It could be. So we can definitely follow Jesus' example, but we can also look to those greats to see things that maybe we shouldn't do. Right? David, for example, David and Goliath, there's a great story about having faith, right? He fights down this giant that everybody else is afraid of because he has faith and he trusts that God's going to do it. But if you follow David's story later on in life, he makes choices that go against God's will. And then he has to deal with what happens when you go against God's will. But you, you can see what, what problems might come up when we go against God's will and when we do things that we're not supposed to do. And that's what the lives of previous Christians show us. How to endure with our faith, how to make choices to follow God's kingdom, and how to have just encouragement when we're feeling down. Because you know what? They're all up there. Just like those stars, just like those kings of the past. They're all up there looking down on us, cheering us on every time we make a decision to follow Jesus and to spread his kingdom. And they're supporting us and they're rooting for us. And when we get up into heaven, we will get to meet all of them. And how cool will it be to hear their stories? Like, Noah, dude, how did you, how did you keep building that ark when everybody was laughing at you? You must have felt like you were crazy at times, but you kept doing it because God told you to. I want to hear that story. All right, so we're going to learn more about All Saints Day when we go to um, Children's Church, when we go to Spark Worship. We're also going to, during Sunday school today, be packing shoe boxes for Operation Christmas Child. And we're going to pray over our boxes for the little boys and girls who get to receive them. We're going to write letters for them, and we're going to pack in the memory games that we made to go on them last week, right? And we're going to fill them up with love and kindness and the light of Jesus, and we hope that they go around and touch the whole world. Okay, will you guys bow your heads and pray with me? Bow our heads. Hold your hands, close your eyes, and say, Dear God, thank you for surrounding us with a great cloud of witnesses to help us run the race you set before us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to go to Spark Worship through the side. I'll look at it the other way around, you know. When I look up at the stars, I think about the fact that all of those people who went on before me, and even those people we read about in Hebrews and Moses and all that, they got to see the same stars we see. So that's, that's something else we share with them. So what about those folks in your life? The way I think about it is that I can still hear, you know, I can still hear my grandmother say, you don't sew on Sunday. I can still hear one of my aunts who said, Jimmy, sit up straight. 
All right. And I'm sure everybody in here has people like that in their lives that they can, they can still hear them. I mean, I can, I can still hear their voices. I don't usually say that in public, that I hear voices. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I can at times. I can just, just, just as if, if they were here. At the, you know, just like you recognize when you pick up the phone, right? Pick up the phone. We don't do that anymore, right? We have, we have little boxes and you hear somebody's voice, you know it's them. When you hear their voice, you know it's them. We, while we are living, are those voices both for each other and other folks around us. You know, it's, you know I, think of, I think of other things. You know, we are, when we sang this is my father's world this morning, you know, I can remember singing that in Sunday school many moons ago, you know, talking about stars and things. A lot of people influence us through, through music, you know. Some of my, my favorite theologians like Jim Morrison and Tom Petty, you know. We laugh, but, you know, like Tom Petty, I was actually, I was actually listening to the radio on the way to church this morning, and they were playing a Tom Petty song. You figure that's what I listen to on the way to church, right? But, you know, he says, you don't know what it's like to be me, right? You all know that song? You don't know what it's like to be me. How true, how true. Again, that's something we need to remember. We don't know what it's like to be anybody else or what they're going through, which, again, is why we always need to forgive. So today... Today, our sermon text is one of the most riveting texts in all of Scripture. Okay, for those of you who have looked at it, you know, you think. It's Matthew chapter 1, the first 17 verses. I guess if I was Jethro Bodine, this reminds me of the Gozindas, right? This is the Begats, but since this is the, the New Revised Standard Version that I'm reading from this morning, it doesn't say Begat. That's what it is, the begots. And like I say, you know, these are the parts that everybody, when they open up their Bibles, that's the first thing they want to read. Consider the word of the Lord. But maybe I can change your mind. It is, it is an important thing to read. An account of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Aram, and Aram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nation, and Nation the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth. And Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of King David. And David was the father of Solomon, by the wife of Uriah. And Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. And Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. And Abijah, the father of Asaph. And Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram. And Joram, the father of Uzziah, 
and Uzziah the father of Jothan, and Jothan the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Salatiel, and Salatiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiad, and Abiad the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Achim, and Achim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar the father of Matham, and Matham the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Messiah. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon, to the Messiah, 14 generations. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who loves us all, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Wow. Like I said, pretty riveting stuff, huh? But it really is. I mean, the first thing to remember is, is that all, all of these people came, be- just like we still do, you know, came before the people after them, and they influenced them. And there's a continued chain there that goes on. And all of us in our families realize how important those that came before us were, you know. None of us would be where we are if our ancestors hadn't chosen to be where they chose to be and to marry who they chose to marry and to have the families that they chose to have and all those sorts of things. But look at what Matthew does here. He does a wonderful thing. Not only does he show us the genealogy of Jesus from Abraham, but he really tells us two other things. He shows us the history of Israel, and he really tells us about the history of each and every one of us. He divides it into three parts. The first part goes up until the time that David is the king. David, the greatest king that Israel ever had, right? God created us to be kings, to have dominion. He did that for all of us, you know. As another one of my favorite theologians, Grace Slick, says, Jefferson Airplane, a a contemporary theologian still, you are the crown of creation, right? And we are. We are. We're the crown of creation. That's the way God made it. But look there. I want you to look at something. Not only did God make us the crown of creation, 
God's grace and love never ends for us. Never ends for us. And this is written so big in the Scriptures, it's, it's hard for me to imagine how anybody can overlook it. But we overlook it all the time, right? We overlook it all the time when we refuse to forgive somebody else or we get angry with somebody else because we don't know what it's like to be them, right? I want to just pick out a person in this first group of the genealogy that Matthew lists. Oh, and by the way, 14 and 14 and 14 is six groups of seven. Just, you know, just for those of you who like numbers, I just wanted to point that out, you know. Seven being the perfect number and six being the, the number of humanity, of man, right? It's amazing the things, you know, all the levels that are in the Bible, if you look at it, if you don't just, you know, if you don't just try and figure out how to pronounce the names that are there. And that's Ruth. I want to talk a little bit about Ruth. It talks about Ruth, who, who of course, was David's great-grandmother, right? Ruth was David's great-grandmother. Now, we know from reading in the book of Ruth that Ruth was what? She was a Moabite. Ruth was a Moabite. And what had, what had happened was this man named Elimelech, okay, which, by the way, is what a great name, Elimelech, means my God is king, right? My God is king. That's what his name was. Well, things weren't going so well in the land of Judah over there by Bethlehem. He was from Bethlehem. That's why eventually David came from, you know, or the, the city of David was Bethlehem. But Elimelech went to the land of Moab, to the land of Moab, with his wife, Naomi, and they had a couple of sons, and the sons married a couple of Moabite girls, Orpha and Ruth, and they died. Elimelech died first, but then they stayed, they stayed over there in the land of Moab for 10 years, the Bible tells us. The two sons that the two Moabite women had married died. And so when Naomi got ready to go back to Bethlehem, which she thought was the appropriate thing to do, Ruth went with her, right? Ruth went with her. Y'all all remember the story. A lot of times they read that, that in, in weddings, right? You know, that part out of Ruth. It's, a, it's one of those great scriptures to read at a wedding, you know? I don't know why, but they, we do, you know? Anyway, because it has nothing, you know, anyway. So, uh, 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 but, what, is, but what, is, what does Ruth say? Ruth says to Naomi, she says, I'm going to stick with you. See, now, my point here is, is Ruth heard something. Ruth heard something by being around Naomi and Elimelech and their sons that she figured out was important. And she said, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And of course, she comes back to Bethlehem, to the land, you know, with Naomi, and, and all that transpires there transpires. But you know what it says in Deuteronomy 23 3? 
I'm sure all of you do. That's one of those verses that just roll off your lips. I know. You know, they, they, they probably taught it to you in Sunday school back there, even in kindergarten. It's, it says that an Ammonite or a Moabite shall not enter the congregation of Israel to the tenth generation. And this shall go on forever, right? See, now, that's an important verse when you, when you put it together with Ruth, right? Because she's a Moabite. She's David's great-grandmother, right? What happened there? God's grace and God's love, right? We judge people by their pedigree, right? But tells us in the Bible that when we are in Christ, when we are in Christ, there's not slaver free, you know, Jew or Gentile, Aggie or Longhorn, right? <laughs> or any other sort of distinction like that, uh, that we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and you know, that, what a picture of God's grace and God's love that a lot of times just gets overlooked. Because if you stick to the law, right, Jesus came to fulfill the law, you know? You see things like that. Then we skip down to the next part, or, or not skip down, we actually go to the next period of 14 generations. Now this period of 14 generations is, has to do with how we all blow it, right? We all blow it, and Israel blew it too in this particular one. And it tells us right there, you know, these are the generations that led up to going into captivity, right? Led up to going into captivity. When I think about blowing it, and again, one of my favorite theologians, a Nobel Prize laureate, who'd have thunk it back there when I was in a junior in high school, right? Bob Dylan, right? He says, I threw it all away, right? I threw it all away. I must have been mad. I didn't know what I had. And I threw it all away. And that's what we all do too, right? At some point or other, we throw it all away. That's what Israel did. That's what Adam and Eve did. They threw it all away, right? God gave them everything. God set them up for dominion. And they threw it all away. Now, there's a guy in there, though, which, which, by the way, this is a good thing. You know, again, the Scripture interprets Scripture, and the Bible backs up the Bible, and it's, and it's good to know all this. Remember, Jesus came from the tribe of Judah, all right? Judah, okay? Judah, which means what? Praise, okay? Jesus came from the tribe of Judah, and again, if you ever have any trouble remembering, there were no good kings of Israel, they were all rotten to the core, okay? And also in this genealogy, there are no kings of Israel after Solomon there because, because of Jesus came from the tribe of Judah, and uh, Judah and Benjamin were the southern kingdom. Israel was the northern kingdom. So, but there's a guy in here, Hezekiah, Hezekiah, strengthened by Jehovah, Strengthened by Jehovah. That's what Hezekiah means, okay? 
You know what it says about Hezekiah in 2 Chronicles 29, verse 2? It says he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. That'd be a good thing on your tombstone, wouldn't it? He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. But, this is All Saints Sunday, and we're talking about those that have gone on before us. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. Now, of course, and again, David wasn't his direct father, right? But he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Even, even when Israel was falling, even when we sometimes fall short and make mistakes, we know the right thing to do. And when you look at all those kings, even the ones of Judah, I mean, the guy that comes after Hezekiah, right? His son, Manasseh, <laughs> horrible guy. It's there. Hezekiah heard from his ancestors what David had done, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And then finally we come to the last 14 generations, which of course culminates in Jesus. Culminates in Jesus, which who returns us to our rightful place of dominion, of being rulers, of being kings, kings and priests, right? When we talk about families and we talk about generations and we talk about carrying on a heritage, what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Jesus said, among other things, among other things, in Luke 8, 21, he said, my mother and my brothers are those who what? Hear the word of God and obey it. Again, it has to do with what we hear and what we obey. And of course, what we hear and what we obey for the most formative years of our life come from our parents, come from those who came on before us, what we hear and what we obey. So this morning as we come to the table, as we come to the table and we remember Jesus, I want you to ask yourself, I want you to think about, think about hearing the Lord and think about what the Lord has to say to you this day. Please open your hymn books to page 12 and join me. And if, there any, if, if there's anybody here who's never celebrated communion with us before, I want to remind you that here at Holotus Hills United Methodist Church, we celebrate open communion. Everyone is welcome at this table. This is not our table. This is the Lord's table. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. 
We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham and Sarah, God of Miriam and Moses, God of Joshua and Deborah, God of Ruth and David, God of the priests and the prophets, God of Mary and Joseph, God of the apostles and the martyrs, God of our mothers and our fathers, God of our children to all generations. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. And it is me who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here, and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with all your saints, especially those whom we name before you in our hearts. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Strengthen us to run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. 
through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of God's children, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now go in peace, and as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go. Oh.